There we go. Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Thursday, September 15th, 2022, and we continue our catechesis through the commandments. Today we'll be in the Sixth Commandment, hearing a reading that pertains to that of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Emphasis on Potiphar's wife. <laughs> so you can see where this is going. All right. Uh, apologies to those of you who tried to tune in live last night. The um, This is how this th- these things go with computers. I'm not really sure why, but for some reason the audio output was disabled to the stream and to the recording. So um, I do have it. Um, last night's um, sermon as a podcast I'll put up later today. So you can certainly go and listen to that. Uh, maybe I'll get around to putting the video version up, but uh, maybe not. We'll see <laughs> if I am uh, have such time to do that with class and whatnot today. All right. Let's see. Anything else? I don't think so. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, so memory verse. Now, let's see if we can say that together. From the beginning of creation, God made him made them, excuse me, male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Mark 10, verses 6 through 8. I had to do it from memory because I had it cut off there for you. <laughs> All right, very good. So a note, again, as we've said throughout the week, that uh, male and female is the way that God um, has made us from creation, and uh, we reject macroevolution as Christians. That doesn't mean that within species things have evolved or changed um, due to external influence, but uh, certainly not from one species to another, at least not according to the account of the Bible. And male and female is um, how that works. Of course, there's all sorts of ways that that gets broken by us um, and by the influence, external influence of sin and all the way that sin have broken out in the world. But that doesn't change the reality of what is true from creation, male and female. And also then male and female corresponds to the gift of marriage, uh, which is a man and woman, again, and becoming one flesh. So there you have uh, the picture of the creative capacity of, of mankind being um, a fruit, actually, of the way that God made us as male and female in the bearing of children. Right? All that is true from creation, and our attempts to avoid or to sidestep or to even deny that um, are part of our sinful rebellion. Good. Uh, Psalm 20, 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. 
Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, fifth commandment, you shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor and his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. Um, Sexually pure is certainly a decent translation of what Luther said. Um, I prefer the old language actually here in this case, chaste. Um, And the reason is actually a little bit simpler. (laughs) Is that, uh, well, one, it's an old word, but it's rich with meaning. Um, Chastity, you know, we have that extension of it. Um, But it also allows for us to um, gradually reveal to children um, the nature of um, sexual deviancy, if you like, adultery, and and all the other ways that sin breaks out in regards to our ourselves as sexual beings. Um, age appropriateness is something that uh, apparently we've completely lost sight of as a uh, as a culture, and um, and also uh, who has the authority to teach children about their sexuality? Um, that would be their parents, right? primarily and principally, everyone else is then servant to the parents in that responsibility. Um, Parents often forfeit that, though, too, as I've learned. um, I just asked the question of the catechumens, and and many of them have smartphones and are using um, social media, in particular uh, TikTok, which is full of all sorts of deviancy, and it's being promoted to children there, even to uh, avoid and ignore their parents' own um, say in (laughs) their well, in their bodies. Um, your bodies are not your own. Just as husband and wife um, are given to love and honor each other, and their bodies are not two but one flesh, so also children belong to their parents. Um, not in a sense of like just property, but in a sense of they are under their parents um, until they are separated by marriage, right? Uh, physically, they're under their parents until they're separated by marriage, right? And that uh, that is not something that is widely taught today, is that uh, your sexuality belongs um, to your parents under their protection um, until such time as they give you um, in marriage to another, and then you join with that person. So uh, that doesn't mean that it, it doesn't sin doesn't break out in various ways, and we have to deal with that when that happens. But we should avoid that. Uh, adultery is an interesting word too. I like to say with the children, um, "Thou shalt not break marriage," um, just as a kind of I don't know euphemistic way to to speak of it. Um, cause it, I mean, it can mean any number of things. Uh, what's the, uh, etymology of it? It's an, it comes from an obsolete noun, the Latin adult, adulter, um, which was then translated as adulterer, adulterer. Um, yeah, that's all I know about this obsolete noun. It doesn't say more in the dictionary here. Replacing an earlier form, avoutre, from the old French avoutre. Uh, it doesn't tell me more than that. I mean, there's so many synonyms, unfaithfulness, infidelity, falseness, disloyalty, unchastity, uh, cuckoldry, extramarital sex, extramarital relations, affair, liaison, intrigue, amour, entanglement, flirtation, uh, cheating, 
two-timing, fooling around, playing around, playing the field, carryings on, hanky-panky, all sorts of ways to avoid the reality of what it actually is, right? Which is breaking marriage. All right. (laughs) So there you go. Our first reading today is from 1 Thessalonians 4. Finally, then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk in to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, for that would should take no oh, excuse me, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we have also as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has given us his Holy Spirit. All right, so there's the, the profound statement. Um, by rejecting the gift of marriage, by um, living lives of lust, as the Gentiles do, in passion of lust, not holding um, oneself apart from the world and apart from um, all the sexual deviancy and morality that we see around us, um, it actually ends up being a denial of God and of his, the work of his spirit. So it's an act of, of rebellion, and well, of unbelieving rebellion. Also not a popular opinion. Well, I can be a Christian and, and live contrary to God's word. Uh, no, <laughs> not, not actively, and certainly not saying that God's word does not apply to you. All right, also not a popular uh, opinion today. You know, well, we, we're, you're just supposed to love, meaning you're just supposed to um, accept and tolerate and even condone behavior um, contrary to God's word. That's not lovely. That's actually hateful, according to, according to God. Right? Love um, tells the truth, All right? of course, with gentleness. So to speak the truth in love is to speak it in act in an act of service and for care and concern for the neighbor, not to speak the truth to hurt or harm. All right, so that's the distinction. Chris says in the chat, a lot of people have thrown marriage out the door. Um, I don't think they have. I just I think they've ignored um, the particularity of marriage. Uh, so uh, many people. This has been my experience throughout my entire ministry. Um, people in the congregations have always treated um, sexual relations as something other than acting as married, right? Um, but Jesus approaches it that way, doesn't he? Comes to the woman and says, well, you've had seven husbands. And uh, it's clear that um, she's lived a life, I think it's clear, or at least it could be inferred that she's lived a life in rebellion of marriage, and yet Jesus acknowledges you've lived as married with many men, all right? So um, I think we need to treat it that way. And it's, this is also the reason why people who are living together, um, I consider married, regardless of whether they consider it marriage or not. Um, and even really regardless of um, the amount of sexual activity that's involved, uh, whether it's premarital or not, um, however you want to call it, um, I treat it as these, this is a married couple that's living outside the blessing of God, right? Um, even our, our, our state will recognize that. I don't know what it is here in Wisconsin and Indiana. I think it was seven years or maybe 10 years. And it's just called, considered common law marriage. You're just, you've been living as married to, as far as the state's concerned, you are, right? We, we should do the same, um, but then recognize that without God's blessing um, placed upon it uh, and, and without, you know, the forgiveness of sins, 
applied to that adultery, to that infidelity, um, well, they're living as living as if they are faithful, and yet living outside of um, God's blessing is infidelity. Then, right, um, and faithfulness to God, and uh, this is also really important. Uh, we should read the minor prophet Hosea in particular, um, but it comes in all the prophets. It'll come up. Um, we're going to start studying Ezekiel on Sunday, for better for worse. I'm not. I'm really kind of um, apprehensive, <laughs> fearful, even because uh, it's such a gargantuan of a book, um, and I know so little about it. Um, but of course, that's the reason why we should study it. So um, th- this picture of um, Israel, the nation, being unfaithful to God, is pictured as being uh, adulterous, playing the whore, as Isaiah would say. All right. So again, marriage is shown as a picture of Christ and his church. Our rebellion against marriage is an act of rebellion against God's word. Um, and it also gets in the way then of us even understanding how we relate to Christ as his His holy bride, the church. All right. So lots to say there. All right. So Joseph, um, Joseph had been taken down. This is Genesis 39. Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. And so it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, Joseph was a handsome man, handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know uh, what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house uh, was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice, and it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. And she spoke with him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. And so it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused, and then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the prisoners, a king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. 
and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. All right. So, uh, remember, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and uh, specifically to the Ishmaelites, right? And they are the ones who took him to Joseph, um, took Joseph to Egypt, I should say. These are all the children of Ishmael, um, the son of Hagar, by way of Abram, right? Abraham. Uh, And then who buys him? Somebody important, right? Uh, Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard. Um, And because God was with Joseph, what happened? Joseph prospered in Egypt, right? He found favor in the sight of others. And Potiphar notices, right, that Joseph um, has great luck. (laughs) We know it's actually a gift from God. And so he rewards him by, verse 4, making him overseer of his house, and all that he had was put under his authority, right? And everything that was um, in Joseph's charge was blessed for Joseph's sake, right? Yeah, it prospered. But for Joseph's sake, not Potiphar. Of what house should this remind us? A house where the things that are given to it prosper? That would be the house of the church, where we are blessed um, and prosper for the sake of Jesus, of course, what kind of prosperity is it? Forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, right? What or how extensive was Joseph's control? He gave everything over to Joseph so that Potiphar, notice he, jo- Potiphar did not know what he had even, um, except for the bread which he ate. All right. Of course, the story sets us up here. Um, we can see what's going to happen because the problem that leads to Potiphar's wife, or with Potiphar's wife, is that Joseph is um, handsome in form, in other words, well-built, right? <laughs> and in appearance. So, uh, she sees him. Tenth commandment, right? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or in this case, your neighbor, your neighbor's um, husband, I guess, or another man. Notice we never find out her name. This is uh, similar to what happens later with David, Right? where it's uh, Uriah's wife, and here it's Potiphar's wife. The emphasis being on that she belongs to another, right? What God has joined together, let man not separate. The two become one flesh, right? So we're stressing here, not that she is the property of Potiphar, so much just to say that she belongs to him in marriage, right? And then, by way of the story, stressing the adultery that she she was attempting to commit. Because who gave her to Potiphar? God did, right? Even an Egyptian? Yes, even an Egyptian. The gift of marriage is from creation, as we heard in our memory verse, right? And it's given to all, just like daily bread. So is marriage, right? Given by God. It's part of it's part of uh, the image of God that's still, well, in a corrupt way, manifest in us, all right? What truth did uh, Joseph confess? It's brilliant what he says here. How then can I do the, this great wickedness and sin against God. He would be sinning against God if he um, went to bed with his master's wife. Significant, right? Um, so the connection of the sixth commandment to the third commandment, right? That we should um, not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. How often did she, did she tempt him, this woman? Day by day, every day, right? Trying to wear him down. 
Um, what did Potiphar's wife do ultimately? When no men were in the house, right? She caught him by the garment. She tries to, to hold him captive and says, lie with me. Um, Joseph flees outside without his garment, his outer garment, right? Um, again, having resisted her charms, I suppose. And how did Potiphar's wife respond? She's got all sorts of words here, right? 17 and following, right? This Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to, um, whom you, that would be Potiphar, brought to us came in to mock me, right? The Hebrew was mocking her. She said that he had attempted to lie with her, but she had cried out and caused him to run away and leave his garment, right? So she tries to cover her own adul- uh, adulterous acts and thoughts and her lust uh, with lies, right? Which commandment? That would be the eighth commandment, right? Bearing false witness. Joseph's master responds with um, anger, right? And sends him to the prisoner prison where the king's prisoners were confined. Um, but notice, Joseph must obey God rather than men, even someone like Potiphar's wife who has authority over him being uh, Potiphar's wife, or maybe at least some limited authority, potentially. Um, it would have been easier for him in the short run to do this, but in the long run, it would have gone far worse for him, right? Um, now having, um, you know, obvious complications. So we think of David again with Uriah's wife and the way that David does commit adultery and thereby um, all sorts of um, consequences happen um, that were, well, difficult for David and his kingship. But in this case, Joseph um, is the opposite, right? He's, a, he's kind of a type of Christ, I suppose, um, who refuses and even uh, is willing to run away naked and suffer the shame um, of her false accusations rather than do what she demands and give in to her lust. So God was with Joseph, showed him kindness, and granted him favor in the eyes of the keeper of the prison. Um, so much so that now Joseph really is kind of restored to the same role, but now uh, in prison where he is... Uh, has this overseeing role role where, again, uh, the keeper of the prison doesn't even know uh, what's under Joseph's authority, much like Potiphar didn't even know what he had given over except for the bread that he ate. And again, Joseph prospered, right? Why? Because of faithfulness. Not because his life was easier or worse or better or whatever, but, the God, but God was with him because he was with God in his word. All right, so this text uh, teaches us several important things about the Sixth Commandment. First, of course, marriage is the union of one man and one woman whom God has brought together for procreation and for the help and comfort given and received by each of them in all times, right? In prosperity and adversity, sickness and health, that sort of thing, right? So that marriage is confessed here. Thus, Joseph recognized that all other property was something quite different than another man's wife, right? Second, note that sin started with the longing eyes of Potiphar's wife. Starts with her eyes. For as Jesus says, even to look at another with lust is sin. And from the heart of evil desire, the deeds of evil break forth. Right? But the eye is the lamp of the body, as Jesus says. The eye is full of darkness. How, how dark. Right? Third, Joseph did not resist uh, through some great strength of his own, but through the confession of the truth which he had learned from God's word. Even when falsely imprisoned, Joseph would trust in the God of mercy, just as Christ would rely upon his father when falsely arrested, tried, and crucified. In the midst of all kinds of sexual temptation, we fear and love God, that is, live by faith in the God of mercy, who preserved his servant Joseph. Though we be naked before the world, 
We have been clothed with his righteousness and baptism. Good. All right, let's sing our hymn for the week. Draw us to thee. God, Heavenly Father, in the sixth commandment, you teach us that marriage is your gift to us, where a man and a woman are brought together in love to become one flesh, and when it is your will for, the re- for receiving the gift of children. Thank you for this wonderful gift to us. Forgive us for every sin against marriage in the sixth commandment. Uphold all husbands and wives in their marriages. Give them faithfulness to your word. Teach them to live according to your will. Strengthen them to live in love for each other and enable them to live sexually pure and decent lives in everything that they say and do as husbands and wives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, no commemoration today, so we continue with the Collect for the week. Almighty and everlasting God, give us an increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you have promised to make us love what you have commanded. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the Church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood, 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. This day we pray in Thanksgiving with Matthew, who celebrates his birthday. We also pray with Terry, who celebrates her baptism. We pray with Michael and Michelle, who celebrate their anniversary, as well as Stephanie. We pray for the households of our church, that of Susie, Douglas, Dolores, Shirley, Jerry and Marla, Wayne and Mary. We pray in Thanksgiving for um, the installation and blessing of our teachers, for accreditation by NLSA, for the confirmation of Matthew, and the reception of Maureen into our fellowship. Pray for our catechumens, uh, especially all those newly enrolled in our day school and after school. Pray for those ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Dan, Brad, Ron, Betty, and Heidi. Pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Ed, Mickey, Paul, and Pauline. We pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Anchor of Hope. We pray an intercession for comfort and adversity and true peace of conscience. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. God's blessings on your day today. Um, I hope it is um, a day full of blessings. God uh, caring for you in every way, body, soul, spirit, mind, and heart. Um, let's see. Like I said, I'll, I'll try to post, maybe at least post the, the video of the sermon from last night, if I can sync up the audio and video. And because uh, I did receive an, I do have an audio recording, just didn't go out on the in the recording or on the stream, um, and uh, post it also as a podcast, so you'll have access to that. Um, it actually has to do with making the sign of the Holy Cross, which we talked about yesterday. Uh, I also shared an article on Facebook, so you can uh, check that out. It's on our website. Uh, you can search for um, sign of the cross on our website, and you'll find that. And uh, anything else? I don't think so. So God's blessings on your day, and I hope to see you again tomorrow morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.